everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and I just want to thank you for joining me today. Hey, if you haven't had a chance to subscribe to the podcast, make sure you do that now so you don't miss an episode. Well, this season is all about the power of your story, and we've already heard stories of healing from heartbreak, freedom from insecurity, and women who learn to trust God with their identity and their purpose. And in this episode, we are going to hear another powerful story, but we're also going to hear about the stories that impact our lives. You know, the story that we believe about God has an impact on our spiritual health. And the stories we tell ourselves and keep replaying in our minds, they have an impact on our mental health. And the story we believe about ourselves has an impact on our lives and on every relationship that we're in. So today, I'm so excited because we have a special guest joining us. On the show, she's going to be talking about turning the page on anxiety and depression so that we can live the healthiest story for our lives. So let's jump into today's episode. Well, I'm so excited about today's episode. Deb Folletta is with us today. She's a mom a licensed counselor, a wife, a speaker, and an author. She lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with her husband and her four incredible children. One of them is in the studio today, (laughs) so we're so excited to have Ella with us. But just really excited to have you here today. I love that the center of your practice and what you do day in and day out as a licensed counselor is all about relationships, right? You specialize in marriage and relationship issues along with a spectrum of mental health disorders, really coming alongside people in some of the most difficult times of their life. You're also an author, and you've written several books. The first one I ever read was True Love Dates. I love your choosing marriage, love in every season, are you really okay, married sex, which is my husband's personal favorite, (laughs) and your newest book is just out right now, and it's called Reset. So we're going to put all of those books in the show notes, but you're also the host of the Love and Relationships podcast. So Deborah, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be here. Oh, we're, we're so excited to just kind of dive in. And we've been talking this whole season about our story. I like to call it a theography, yeah. our God story, the story that God's writing on each of our lives and and every one of our stories matter. You wrote a book, Are You Really Okay? And it is amazing. But you talk a little bit in there about this part of your story, some yeah. chapters in your story when you were in graduate school and then again after you had your first child and this these chapters about depression and anxiety. So we're going to like Dump, jump into the deep end of the pool right yeah. away. So if you're willing to go there this quick, I'd love to hear a little bit about that chapter of your story and how you made it through those years. Yeah, I love the deep end. So <laughs> I really don't mind. I, I can I swim knew. in I, the I deep end for hours. <laughs> the emotional deep end. So, so good. you know, first backing up and 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 even the title of the book, Are You Really Okay? Mm. I think a lot of people say, like, where did you get that title and why did you decide to write this book? And I think it's because we all get to a place in life where we're not actually okay. 
And I think sometimes as Christians, we think we're always supposed to be okay, mm-hmm. and we don't know what to do when we're not mm-hmm. okay. We feel ashamed. Right. We feel alone. Mm-hmm. We feel like we might be in sin. Like, right. why am I not okay? What's wrong? What do I do about it? And I just want people to know that none of us are immune. And pastors aren't immune. Licensed counselors right. aren't immune. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote this book to help people and give them permission to not be okay, mm-hmm. but to also show them that I was at a point in life where I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And I went through seasons of struggle. And it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Right. That's it's so not good. okay to just ignore the mm-hmm. fact that we're not okay and and to live in that season. Mm-hmm. So I've been through multiple seasons where I wasn't okay. Yeah. Like in different seasons of my life, I I definitely have what I would consider some sensitivities to my hormones. Mm-hmm. So that there's been different seasons and different stages, different medications I was on, different things where depression and anxiety kind of emerged. Mm-hmm. So I'm more susceptible naturally mm-hmm. to that area of life. And I've had to kind of journey through that. But I think the turning point for me and probably the most significant season where I wasn't okay mm-hmm. I went through a really traumatic miscarriage. Mm. And I know a lot of you listening have been through that. First and foremost, I don't think we give that enough Mm. trauma credit. Like sometimes we're like, well, everybody, so many people go through this and and people have been through much worse. And so there's people who just kind of brush it off. Mm. Like it's not supposed to be that painful, but Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't enough, I went through a traumatic miscarriage where I almost lost my life in the process Mm -hmm. where, you know, I started hemorrhaging. I had to get rushed into emergency surgery. And the doctor said to me, if it was a few more minutes, you would have been dead. Mm -hmm. That's what she literally said to me. Wow. And what's interesting, though, is that I kind of got through that, got home, finished, did surgery, went home. And when you go through a traumatic experience, you are almost in survival mode. Right. When a soldier goes off to war and and they're in the middle of the battlefield. Yeah. Their one and only job is to survive. Right. Not to process the trauma. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But when they come home and life is safe and secure. Right. The trauma comes back. It's like it's time to deal with Mm -hmm. me. And so years later, you know, I kind of push through, get home, do what I need to do, back with the kids, live in my life. Mm -hmm. Years later, when life is safe and secure, I started having panic attacks out of nowhere. Wow. And I'm like, I'm a counselor. What's going on? Why am I having these panic attacks? First, I didn't think it was a panic attack. At first, I thought something was severely physically wrong. What were some of your symptoms? So lightheaded. Mm -hmm. And then I would start feeling dizzy. And then I would start having tingling on my arms and legs, heart palpitations. My heart rate would skyrocket Mm -hmm. to like 140. I couldn't breathe. I'm like trying to catch my breath and feel like I can't breathe. And it all just, your body is just the adrenaline, the fight or flight, you feel like your body is about to shut down. But really, it's anxiety. Yeah. But but when you when it happens the first time, you don't know what's going mm-hmm. on, you know? And so I went to the emergency room. They did all kinds of tests. And I said, I remember saying to the doctors, do you think this could be anxiety? And they're like, well, let's try not to self-diagnose because mm-hmm. I'm a counselor, obviously. <laughs> but it was anxiety. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And so thank the Lord I am in the field that I'm in because I was able to kind of step back and Mm -hmm. realize that I do believe that this has to do with my past trauma. And here's why. There's a part of our brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala is responsible for emotional memories. Mm -hmm. It stores things deep inside because it wants to keep your body safe. It wants Mm -hmm. to keep you safe. 
So that morning when I started having my first panic attack, I was probably lightheaded from not having had enough hydration that day. Mm -hmm. And when I started feeling those similar symptoms, I was lightheaded right before I went into emergency surgery because I was losing so much blood. My body recognized that feeling and was like, alarms, something's wrong, something's off. My amygdala was trying to protect me by telling me, warning, warning, Mm -hmm. warning. And my body went into this fight or flight panic attack Mm -hmm. when really nothing was wrong. I was safe. I was secure. Mm -hmm. But it recognized that emotional memory as something dangerous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that kind of began a series of panic attacks. I didn't recognize that right away. Right. It took time for me to understand that there was a trauma history there that was impacting my body's reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I look back at that season as a really hard road that I had to kind of walk through and Mm -hmm. figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the Lord birthed so much of this message Mm -hmm. out of that really hard Mm -hmm. time in my life. Wow. And doesn't he do that? I mean, he just does not waste any of our pain. And even, you know, first of all, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And there's so many times when we just feel so bad and we want to take the pain away from somebody else. But seeing how God redeems every situation, even our traumas, that he can do that is just such a beautiful picture of who he is. What were some of the things that you had to do, you know, to make it through that season? What were some of the practical things that you did? So one thing I tell people is that when it comes to your body's trauma response, Mm -hmm. your emotional response, let's say you're out there and you're having panic attacks. In the middle of a panic attack, you can't logically talk yourself through it because the logical part of your brain is shut down so that the physical part of your brain can react. And that's how God made it. Mm -hmm. When you see a truck coming at you at 70 miles an hour, if your logical brain was like, oh, look, there's a truck. I wonder how fast it's coming. And you'd be dead. Right. So the the part of your body Mm -hmm. that God made to protect you kicks into full gear Mm -hmm. and trumps your logic and just reacts. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to fight the physical reaction with a physical response Mm -hmm. first. Right. So that means calming your body down. You know, in psychology, we say it's your sympathetic nervous system that's kicking in Mm -hmm. when your adrenaline and your fight or flight mode. That's your sympathetic nervous system. So you want to kick in your parasympathetic nervous Mm -hmm. system, which calms you down. I think of parasympathetic like a parachute. Right. Calms you down. So how do you do that? You Things like breathing exercises, things like grounding yourself, focusing on what's happening in the here and now, Mm -hmm. mindfulness activities, things that are actually calming your body. Fight physical with physical. Right. And when the physical subsides, Mm -hmm. then I can start thinking logically. What's happening? Mm -hmm. What is this rooted in? What are some Bible verses I can use? I think the problem is sometimes in the church, we want to attack everything with Bible verses right away. Yeah. Without realizing that God mm-hmm. made us as holistic That's beings. Right. And mm-hmm. if my brain's not working right now, I can't even process a mm-hmm. Bible verse. Right. So I have to learn how my body works, how God made my body. He ordered my body to yep. work this way. And mm-hmm. when I can understand that, I can work within mm-hmm. that framework. So fight physical with physical, and then you can fight mental with mental. So I had to journey through mm-hmm. that, learn how to calm my body down, how to kick in my parasympathetic nervous mm-hmm. system, how to relax myself in those moments. But then there was also the deeper work mm-hmm. of fighting mental with mental by getting to the roots of some of that trauma and replacing it mm-hmm. with God's truth. That's so good. That's so good. But it took, you know, it it was a journey. So journey. sometimes we want to be healed 
instantaneously, right. right? And God can do that, but many times he takes us on a journey so that he can equip us for ministry, but he can also equip us for future trauma. Right. So, you know, so for the future to build build these like spiritual, emotional, even some of those techniques that you're talking about, it's building muscles to right. be able to fight the attack of the enemy, but also fight anxiety when it comes in our direction. Right. Right. So I love that first it was the physical and physical, and then you could actually start applying those verses, right? Right. And that's so powerful. I I think about sometimes we look at our spiritual health, right? And you talk about this in the book that really our our spiritual health is this inside out approach, right? And that sometimes that we can do all the right things, do all the disciplines, get all the things checked off our list. But again, there's this deeper work, right? This relational work with God, because many times like when we're, we can do all the right things, but we might have this wrong perception of God. And there's this part of the book that you talk about this and and you're saying, you know, understanding your belief about God is so important. This is on page 104, by the way, listeners, is understanding your belief about God is so important because your beliefs about God shape your relationship with God and ultimately your spiritual health, right? Yeah. That you've got to take an inventory of the things that that you've transferred onto God over the years and allow the truth of his word to overcome the template of your experiences. God wants us to stop seeing him through the eyes of what others have told us or through the things that have been done to us or the trauma mm-hmm. that has happened in our lives. He wants us to see him for who he says he is and take him at his word. And I think a lot of times when we go through trauma, when we go through difficult season, that Unbeknownst to ourselves, we can start believing things about God that are just not true. Right. You know, even though we see him the way we're feeling and we're, right. we're, we're viewing him through the lens of our feelings and, and this can actually impact the story that we live, right? So can you share a little bit about that? Just how our view of God can impact the story we live and even sometimes the recovery process that that we're walking through. Yeah, I think you're exactly right about the recovery process. Mm-hmm. Because I think about my recovery process and and this really special moment comes to mind where I was kind of in the middle of a traumatic memory. Like after you go through trauma, sometimes you have flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are scared of those flashbacks. But I really believe it's the Lord saying, you're strong enough now. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing it to your attention because you're ready to heal, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I was in the middle of this flashback, and I remember I, I was feeling anxious and just like, oh, no, here we go again, right. imagining the emergency room in the wheelchair and getting rushed in and hearing in my flashback, you almost died. You almost died. You were minutes away from dying. And then I felt the Lord speak into my flashback with a chuckle, like he laughed. And it was kind <laughs> of annoying at first. I'm like, why are you laughing? Like, I didn't hear an audible right. voice, but mm-hmm. I heard in my spirit. Yeah. Like, the Lord was like, really? Like, mm-hmm. you didn't almost die. That's what the doctor said, but that wasn't my reality. Wow. Mm-hmm. My reality is that I had you in my hands. Mm-hmm. My reality is that your days are numbered. I and love it was that. like his truth mm-hmm. broke the cycle wow. of my trauma. Mm-hmm. It, it broke the beliefs that were mm-hmm. rooted in trauma. And all of a sudden now they're rooted in God's truth. And it, honestly, Julie, that moment, I felt like a significant healing happened wow. for me. A very mm-hmm. significant healing because I trusted him yes. more than I trusted my mm-hmm. trauma. I trusted his reality more than my own. That's so good. And I really believe that when our relationship with God is not intact, we don't have that extra mm-hmm. component to help us heal. 
We don't right. have that extra truth to help us heal. Right. We're relying on everything and everybody else that can't really bring us true mm-hmm. healing. And the sad reality is I think so many of us have a faulty view of God because of the things that we have been through. It's so true. We take the pain that people mm-hmm. have caused us and we put it on the face of Jesus as right. if it's him. Right. You know, I work with people in counseling all the time, and I remember working with this young man who just felt like God was just judging him mm. all the time. Like it was just he had to do everything right, and if he didn't, he was doomed. And as we kind of processed his past, I found a very uncanny connection to his mom, who was very mm. controlling. Like mom, his mom was so controlling, and mm-hmm. he had to do everything the right way. And it just seemed so clear to me that his view of God had been shaped Mm -hmm. by her more than it had been shaped by Scripture. Mm -hmm. Because so many times our family of origin, they they kind of are the face of God until we get to know God for himself. So true. But too many of us stop there. Right. We stop at the wounds that people have caused Mm -hmm. us. Right. Rather than looking at the wounds that Jesus endured Mm -hmm. for us. That's so good. And, and we get stuck mm-hmm. with what we think God thinks about us mm-hmm. or what we think of Him. And, and then we can't partner with Him right. on the journey of right. healing because right. we're held back by those wrong mm-hmm. beliefs. And those, those beliefs, I mean, they may have been the facts. Like, you may have experienced rejection. You may have experienced trauma. There may have been some really hurtful things said. The facts are there, but the truth of God's Word. The facts aren't always the truth. Right. And the truth of God's Word of who He is and wants to be in your life and helping you rewrite a new story. Yes. But I think that is so powerful. You, When you were talking about, you know, when the Lord whispered that to your heart, that, you know, that no, you weren't close. The facts were, according to the doctor, right. you were. He changed the, the whole story. The truth was, is He changed it all. And I think a lot of times that we don't stop and ask God, what do you think about this? Right. What do you think about my rejection? What do you think about the pain that I'm walking through? And let him speak and minister, you know, yes. to our hearts in that. Because a lot of times we end up repeating a, a narrative in our mind over and over again. And and you you mentioned this in your book, and I love this because you talk about what's on repeat on your mind. You say we we may not be in charge of the whole story, but we are in charge of the way we tell the story to ourselves. And I I think that is so powerful because if we are telling the wrong story, we are living the wrong life. So yeah. can you unpack that just a little bit? Yeah. I think oftentimes it's easier to look at what happened to us mm. rather than the power and control of our role mm. in what happened to mm-hmm. us. And I always say, if we don't have a role, and we don't have control. I love that. And it's really Can you say that again. <laughs> if if we don't have a role, then we don't have control. Right. And I think being able to take ownership, like mm-hmm. what am I telling myself here? What was my response and reaction? What could I have done? What was what did I need? What was I feeling? Like you have to take responsibility for your role mm-hmm. even in a hard situation. Because if it's all on them, or all on what happened, and you're the victim, right. then you have no role in the situation. And, and and when you have no role, you can't heal. Right. But to be able to say, yes, all of these hard things happened, mm-hmm. but I can respond this way. That's Here's right. what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm choosing to do. Mm-hmm. Here's my response in this situation. I have power here. Right. 
I can change I my story. I can change the story I tell myself. Yeah. And I can be the victor in this mm -hmm. story rather than the victim. Right. I look at scripture. It's filled with trauma, right? Mm. God's word doesn't shy away from trauma, <laughs> you know? It's, it's traumatic you know it's real. story after like, story. They're not trying to sugarcoat no. anything. No. Mm. But I also see the theme of victory in mm -hmm. like writing that story in a certain way that, mm -hmm. that we are the victors because of Christ. Right. So no matter what story you're bringing to the table, mm -hmm. what you tell yourself is so important. And I think sometimes our beliefs are so automatic mm -hmm. that we don't even recognize mm -hmm. that they're happening. We don't even recognize they're negative. We don't even recognize that the things that are on replay in our mind are right. actually destroying mm -hmm. us. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Nobody wants me. I'm not this. I'm not that. I, you know, something bad's going to happen. What is the story that you're telling yourself? Mm -hmm. What is on replay in your mind? Because if you don't change your thoughts, mm -hmm. they're going to ravage and wreak havoc right. in your life. It's so true. And some people are stuck and they don't realize that the primary mm -hmm. reason they're stuck is because of their thoughts. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, we say this and we've heard pastors say this, that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Mm. And so if our strongest thoughts, you know, are not God's thoughts of us, about us, if our strongest thoughts about God are not the truest thing, what we believe about God is not the truest thing about him, then our lives are, you know, and our story is heading down a path that he never intended for us, that he doesn't want for us. And so it's so important to, you know, that, that our thoughts become his thoughts, right? And that, and we, we have, that we fill our mind with his thoughts so that there is a, that there, that there's a, a transformative power in his word that comes through when we allow his word to like saturate our heart, change our thoughts, change our mind, because that again, facts are facts, but the truth is what the truest thing about us is what God says about us. Yeah. And the truest thing about him is what the word says, not what our lens tells us. But I love when you said at the very beginning of what you were just sharing, you talked about if you have no no role, then you have no control. And, you know, it's so funny, this isn't in our notes or anything, but it was something that you said that really hit me the other night when you were sharing with our team, because I've heard so many people say, oh, we got into an argument because they triggered me, or I really can't hang out with them anymore because they trigger me. And you said something so powerful, and it goes back to this thought, if we, if we don't have a role, we don't have control because you said that a trigger is actually an exaggerated emotional response. Mm -hmm. But so many times in relationships, when someone triggers us, right, we feel like it's their fault. Right. And it goes back to this whole point. So when we have that exaggerated emotional response, what is, you know, what, what is our role in yeah. that in that moment? Yes, triggers are a sign that there's more healing to be received mm -hmm. in an area of our life. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful, mm -hmm. you know? That's a powerful thing to realize. And all of a sudden, it's not about what triggered me. It's about right. what needs to heal in me. I love that. Mm -hmm. when, I ha when I was going through panic attacks, I was triggered mm -hmm. oftentimes. Random wow. things triggered me. And in that moment that I talked about, I was triggered by my own physical health and not feeling mm -hmm. 100% in that moment. And it triggered me. Right. So that reveals something. It's like, okay, there's some work that has to be done mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. You can be triggered by a person. You can be triggered by a book. You can right. be triggered by a sermon. And I'm not saying that people are perfect and every book is amazing and some sermons are not uh, the best. Mm -hmm. 
But it's not about the trigger as much mm-hmm. as it is about what it's revealing in you. Mm-hmm. What is this revealing in me? What, yeah. what is this source spot mm-hmm. that it just kind of got pushed upon? Yeah. What's my role mm-hmm. in healing? Mm-hmm. What is the Lord spotlighting in my life right. that He right. wants me to go deeper mm-hmm. and heal more mm-hmm. and 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 have more control right. in right. this area of my life? It seems like Christians are afraid of the word control. Like Like we almost are more comfortable not having Mm. it. But I do believe that God has given us Mm -hmm. a level of control because of His Spirit at work in us. It's not that we're in control of everything, but it's like, I almost want to, you could replace the word control for responsibility, Mm -hmm. for ownership. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I have Mm -hmm. ownership here. Right. I have a role to play. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, beautiful it's mm-hmm. freeing yeah because then i am responsible for my healing i'm not mm-hmm. just a, a passive bystander if right. i heal i heal but i'm responsible for seeking out that healing and i look at people in scripture and those who sought out jesus for their healing mm-hmm. they almost always got it wow 100 percent of the time mm-hmm. right that's he was right like, here they are yeah okay yeah. you want to be healed i love and, it and sometimes he would mm-hmm. even ask them do you want to be healed? Like, remember mm-hmm. when the, yes. in the pool of Bethesda, mm-hmm. when the paralytic did not seek him out mm-hmm. and he ran into him and and then Jesus says, do you want to heal? Because mm-hmm. I need to know that you want to have a role in this. Mm-hmm. Do you actually want to heal? Right, right. And when we say, yes, I do, mm-hmm. and we partner with him, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I love Lord that. Can do. And I get to see it every single day. That's why I love being so a counselor. Powerful. Some people are like, how can you handle it? There's so much <laughs> trauma and hardship and past abuse and yeah. horrible stories. Mm-hmm. And yes, I have to walk with people through some mm-hmm. dark things, but I also get to see the light. Yeah. I also get to see the healing work of mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And it's a really yeah. beautiful thing to witness. You get to see testimony after testimony of his redemptive work, of his, his I mean, even I love the individual work in people, but also in relationships. Yes. So, you know, we, when you said about the ownership, owning it, we, in our relationship, Todd and I always say, even if, you know, Todd is 98% wrong and I'm only 2% wrong, I am 100% responsible for my 2%. Yes. That there is a, that there's a, a healing work when we take responsibility for healing in our relationships and with healing with our inner life, through trauma, whatever we're dealing with, we take that responsibility. Jesus always meets us where we are, right? Mm. And he does a healing work beyond what we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And that's that's just who he is. That's his character. And I, I love that. I mean, because you can't share all the stories, but you've seen it. You've seen people just go from darkness to light, from just relationships being devastated to being healed and whole. And there's just no greater testimony than what God wants to do when he brings healing. You hit on it at the beginning. I think it's being willing to to do the deeper work. You yeah. know, it's it's one thing to do the checklist, do all the right things, but but being willing to go there, being willing to do the deeper work. And so for some of you that are listening, you know, there may be some deeper work that that you may need to do. There there may be counseling that you may need. And Deb, you have an amazing group of counselors that you work with. How could someone get in touch with you yeah. and your team if they if they need to go do a deeper work? Yeah, it's exciting. I, I have a team of uh, 12 counselors right now that are supervised and trained by me. And we just want to help people heal, yeah. like using the truth of scripture mm-hmm. and the truth of psychology and putting them together and helping people find freedom. And you can learn more about the network at debrafilata.com slash counseling. We would love to partner with you on the journey of healing and just 
help you move from darkness to light. Yeah. And great. You've got some resources too. We'll make sure all of those get in the show notes and we're just believing for like great healing. This is the year too. of healing. It's Julie. a year of healing. I, I am believing We've had it too. A hard few years. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I truly believe this is the the year that God is going to reset some of the ways we've mm-hmm. done things in the past, right? And pour out a deeper healing than we've mm-hmm. ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. I'm it's believing so good. for it. It's so good. I'm, and I think this is a key to revival. I do because too. free people are going to free people, healed people are going to be you know, usher in the healing that God wants to do. Amen. Amazing, amazing. Well, hey, if you can't get enough of Deb, we can't either. And I've got good news for you. This episode doesn't end here. So tune in for part two of Turning the Page on Anxiety and Depression with Deb Folletta. We can't wait for you guys to join us again. Also, we're going to link all of Deb's website, her books and resources in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And don't forget, we'd love to hear your God story. So check out the show notes for some information on how you can share yours with us. We can't wait to hear all that God is doing in you in this season. Catch you next week on the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.